0: Did you just make that up, Derek, as you're up here, or did you practice that at home? Uh, no, I, I don't practice. Okay. <laughs> I don't practice neither. <laughs> Amen. So don't forget our Christmas Eve service. Okay, don't forget. S- start inviting people. There are all kinds of people looking for a place to to uh, to go for a Christmas Eve service. So Invite 50 people and maybe five will come. Okay? It's like, dear occupant, invite many, many, many. So, I got to tell you something. So, so, yesterday at Beth Messiah, one of the couples made a bunch of buttons for me. They had them made. I heart Marty Spilchis. They went hot. They were hot. They went fast. Okay? So I just talked to Judy. I said, when's our button maker coming? And so it should be here next week. And we'll make a bunch of iHeart, Marty Spilchus buttons. Those are very cool. People are going to ask you, who is Marty, this Marty Spilchus? And you get a chance to say, well, it's this weird cut, this, this little character our pastor made up. And, uh, and then it gives you a chance to start inviting them to Sunday service because he comes up with these Marty Spilchus stories. What? Yes. I I can't hear. Do I want to hear? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Thanks. Thanks. So Marty, Mar- so, I'm talking about Spilchus, Marty Spilchus, he went to a 25 year reunion, and so he's he, and so he's telling me this this story about how this old friend of his walks up to him and tells him what kind of a great job he has, and then takes out his wallet and shows him a picture of his wife and says, "Man, isn't she gorgeous?" So he didn't he just looked at his friend, said, "Man, you should see my wife." He's yeah, is your wife gorgeous too?" I said, "No, my wife is an optometrist. You like that one, Sandy. That was a good one. That was a good one. <clears throat> so, so we're, we're, think, we're So we got a problem. We we have a problem here, <clears throat> and our problem here. This is serious, but not all that serious. The problem is there are coffee drinkers in the in the auditorium. And I have a solution. Mark, you may want to bring this up at an elders meeting, okay? That we make up little cards that says, thank you for your $5 donation to our outreach fund. So all our, you drink coffee in here, a Usher comes up and gives you a, a little card. Thank you for your donation. Because then you'll be making a donation to our outreach fund. How many of you think that's a bad idea? Only the coffee drink. Only the only one So you put your coffee cup down and you raise your hand. <laughs> How many think that's a good idea? Good ideas have got it. So I don't know whether we're gonna do this or not, but we gotta do it in a way that's not gonna offend people. You know, it's and it's and we gotta do it maybe with a happy face on it or something like that. Say this is not a this this is not a um oh it's something like we'll we'll figure something out. Okay. This is a something I'm just considering, you know. Joy and peace. Joy and peace. You know, when I mentioned, you know, this is a season where there's not a lot of peace, there's not a lot of joy. There seems to be a lot of depression and uh, discouragement. And let me ask you a question to make sure I'm talking to the right audience. When I mention discouragement or depression, how many of you personally know what I'm talking about because you've experienced one or the other at one time or another. Raise your hand. Okay, the rest of you are dismissed. You may go. (laughs) Finish your Christmas shopping. You can go, because it will not pertain to you. In Psalm 142, verse 1, the Psalm of David, I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my what? Complaint. Before him. It's good to gripe. You can gripe to the Lord. He doesn't care. Before him I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who know my way. In the path where I walk, men have hidden a a snare for me. I look to my right and see. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. I cry to you, O Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Have you ever had those times when you felt nobody really understands? No one's concerned about you, and and no one really cares what's going on in your life. Picture this. You're shopping at Brookfield Square, and, uh, and the mall is just packed with Hanukkah and Christmas shoppers. There are people all around you, but nobody knows you, and nobody's concerned for the heaviness you have in your heart because of a recent tragedy in your life. It's like you're invisible. You've got this heaviness on you. People all around you involved and just no one seems to care. David must have felt something like this because he wrote, No one's concerned for me. I have no refuge refuge. No one cares for my life. But David soon came to the conclusion. He said, You the Lord are my refuge and my portion in the land of living. In other words You're my last chance. You're the only only, um, hope for my life. So that in mind, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this this good time we, we come together to worship you as a church family. And God, I pray that you administer to us in this time of busyness. God, I thank you for your presence here. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to start out with an interesting thought. The song's White Christmas, you know, I'm dreaming of a Christmas. The song, let it snow, let it snow. The song, Santa baby, or I'll be home for Christmas. Chestnuts roasting on an silver, yep, Rudolph the, now besides these all being Christmas songs, they have something in common, they're all written by Jewish people, can you figure that one out, you know, this is the season my television set seems to go to Hallmark station drives me nuts cuz these are all tear jerkers okay i can just take so much tear jerking i can't stand it i need a war flicks after this i got to have see people die <laughs> but they got these <laughs> It drives me nuts they got guys like um, henry winkler in a lot of these christmas things you know he's jewish and there's some of you, you know, they got some of these other characters in these christmas they're all jewish and they th- what they won't do for a buck you know it, it, it's a role so, it's just interesting, interesting. Tis the season to be jolly. Fa-la-la-la. Yeah, yeah, you know the song. You know, during this, <laughs> during this season, when we celebrate, we're celebrating God manifesting in the flesh, or any other holiday season, have you ever felt down or a little depressed? This is a this is a season when counselors get filled up with right usually right after the holiday season they their counseling load goes sky high because there's people are feeling despair they're feeling depressed they're not feeling good and they need counselors so for them it, it's a good season so why why is it that so many people feel Depressed or just feel down in a season where you're supposed to feel jolly. Fa la la la. La 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 la. Well, maybe, maybe you're feeling down because you can't be with your family. You live one place and, and your family live in someplace else, you just can't be with them. Maybe you missed you miss some deceased relatives. I know I do. I, I, I miss my mom and dad, I miss my, my in-laws, you know, I miss them this season. Maybe you feel you don't have enough money to purchase the presents you would like to purchase for these many people that you love. Maybe things are not going the way you planned. Maybe you're just not happy with your life. You're not where you want to be in life. Maybe you just feel lonely. And you don't really know the reason why, but you just feel lonely. You've got a family. you got people who care, but for some reason, you just feel loneliness. Would you agree with me, and I know you do, that how you think is how you feel? Anybody disagree with that one? Not in this church. How you think is how you feel. Picture this. And I've used this example once before. Marty Spilchus is 10 years old. And he's playing baseball all by himself in the backyard. He says to himself, I am the greatest batter in the world. He tosses the ball in the air. He swings. He misses. He goes, strike one. Picks up the ball. Takes it. Throws it in the air. (laughs) Misses again. Strike two. But I am the greatest batter in the world. Picks up the ball again. Throws it up. Strike three. Picks up the ball. And he thinks for a moment and says, wow, I'm even a better pitcher. <laughs> so would you agree with me that Marty Spilkes is not the kind of person that will be easily discouraged or depressed? Yeah. Yeah. He, that's, he's not going to experience much of that stuff. The truth of the matter is, as believers, when we begin feeling depressed or discouraged... We should try to think more like Marty. Why? Because how you think is how you feel. Marty wouldn't let him get himself discouraged because he, re- he realizes he's not the greatest batter in the world. He must be the greatest pitcher. So when you begin feeling discouraged or depressed, begin to think and even hear yourself say out loud, yes, yes, I'm temporarily in this tragedy. You have to, you can't just deny you're not in a tragedy. I'm temporarily in this tragedy. But I'm a believer, I'm born again, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. I already talked to God about my tragedy and I know he heard me. I'm on the winning team and I'm going to live with Jesus forever and ever and ever and ever and this tragedy will not follow me. Woo! fact is we all experience at least have moments of depression or discouragement but when those moments turn into days and weeks that's when we have a real a really a big problem today i want to talk to you about getting through those moments of discouragement or depression now i have a disclaimer here disclaimer this message is not meant to be a remedy for your clinical depression. This is not a remedy for that. Because when you're clinically depressed, a lot of times you, you might need some medication. Okay? Why is that? Why is that? Because it's like your body quits producing um, certain hormones. And it's like a pump. An old pump that went dry. And so what do you need to get a pump that goes dry? You need to prime the pump. So you have to put some water in the pump to prime it and start pumping so the water comes out. In the same way, that's how sometimes medication works. You know, you put a little bit of medication in you, you are priming the pump, boom, 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 you start producing your hormones, and you're not depressed anymore. So sometimes that works. Sometimes it's just God that does it takes you out of it. But this is a disclaimer. This is not meant for clinically depressed people. Now... What are the reality checks that cause minor discouragement for those of us who are eligible for discount coffee at McDonald's? And I'm looking around, and there are a lot of us that are eligible for discount coffee at McDonald's. You gotta be 55 or over to get discount coffee at McDonald's. You know, there was a time they asked me for my ID, <laughs> they don't ask me anymore. They don't ask me anymore. I kind of wish they would. But it's a realization that, listen, we're not as young as we used to be. Marty Spilkes told me about his mother. She was an older lady who finally joined a fitness club. Mrs. Spilkes said to her son, Marty, you know, I decided to, to take an aerobics class. I bend, I twist. I gyrate, I jump up and down for a half hour. But by the time I got my leotards on, the class is usually half over. (laughs) You know, the older I get, the older I get, the more I appreciate Psalm 73, verse 26, which says, "My, My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart he is mine forever. The strength of my heart, he is mine forever. We're not the people. For a lot of us, we're not the guys we used to be. I remember I was with uh, Joe a long time ago. It was last summer, and he he had me to uh, lift up something with his truck, and he's holding me with one hand. and He says, "Dad, hey, hold this while I go get something." So I so so I go to take my one arm and I go to hold it up, and I go, "Whoa!" They do both arms. And I'm thinking, whoa, hurry up, Joe. You're doing it with one arm. There was a time it would have been no problem, one arm. It's not like that anymore. You know what I mean? Muscle tone doesn't always stay there. Amen, Mark? <laughs> Mark and I, no, oh, no, 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 no. Mark, Mark and I were talking about this not long ago. <laughs> We are talking about that long ago. You know, we used to have, we had, you know, Mark, Mark is still a strong guy. And he, he's still a strong guy. But there was a time, I mean, I'm telling you, he was, when I first met him, he was really kind of buffed. Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Mark and Jenna are not going to sit in the back. They're not sitting in the front anymore. (laughs) But we're talking about. (laughs) We're, We're talking about, you know, our skin's not fitting anymore. I told my wife, I said, I think I'm losing weight. She said, what do you mean? I said, look, my skin doesn't fit anymore. It's getting big on me. Gravity always wins. This is a serious message. You know, shaving causes me discouraged. It discourages me. I look, man, that wrinkle got deeper. You know, I don't want to lose weight. Shows up my wrinkles. I want to stay puffed. Smooths out my wrinkles. Forget that eight forget that what do you call six pack? I got a keger. <laughs> you know, you got to work at those six packers. Those kegers, they just stay. <laughs> Come on, this is, you got to get serious. This is a serious message. Come on. There's no laughing in this message. The fact of the matter is, your health and your physical strength may not always be able to do what it used to do, but God can do what he has always been able to do. You hear what I'm saying? My strength, the strength of my heart, remains, and he is mine forever. Now here's a new covenant fact. He who was born of a virgin, he who was God with us, he who died and rose again, He is the one who gives us the strength to go boldly through their stages of life. And he's the one who gets us ready to be promoted up to the next life to live with him for all eternity. He's the one. Now, I've noticed something. And I came to this reality quite a few years ago that um, in order to go to heaven, you have to die. What is the first This is called the first church of hecklers. You have to die. And I've also come with another realization that not many of us die in good health. Not many of us have an Enoch experience. And all of a sudden you're going to be a certain age and things like hearing start going and, and, and hair starts going, and hair starts growing. <laughs> Different places. And uh, where your muscle tone was, gravity always wins, let me just tell you that. You start sagging all over. I have noticed that my feet got wider. And the doctor said, this is what happens with age. Your feet flatten out. Well, this has been a blessing for me. I've always had these real narrow feet. And I used to wear a 13B with an A heel. Yeah, I couldn't buy my shoes at hardly any place but expensive shoe stores. And so I, I've i had these shoes you buy from, like, Allen Edmonds. And, you know, they're not cheap. But now my feet widen out. They don't fit me anymore. They're really like new shoes. So now I can buy cheaper ones, and I'm going nuts because I can buy different styles. I love it. Now, for us cheeseheads, it's interesting, cheeseheads. I mean, how many of you are offended by me calling you a cheesehead? None of you. None of you except one heckler back there to my left. She's the blonde girl sitting next to my son, Joel. She raises her hand. It's my wife. You know, people, when I go, when I go travel someplace, they'll say, oh, here's the cheese head, as if it's supposed to be degrading or something. But I wear it with pride. I love it. In fact, sometimes I go to a congregation, and I'll bring a cheese head. I'll bring a cheese head. And uh, you've heard this story before, but sometimes they want to charge me on the airplane for bringing a cheese head. You know, I put it in a package, and you can only bring one thing aboard. Uh, some air, What airline is that, Sandy? You can only bring one thing aboard. <laughs> Sandy's my travel agent. She's, she's very, um, she, she always, okay, uh, yeah, oh, so it's frontier, whatever it is, southwest. And so I've got my travel, on, I got my travel bag on, and I've got my cheese head. You can't put a cheese head in one of those carry-on bags because it fills up the whole thing. So many times, well, twice, twice they wanted to charge me something like 40 bucks or something like that, or $25, $40, whatever it is. And so I say, well, it's a cheese head. I show I said my cheese head. I'm not going to pay to have the things. Yeah, so that's exactly what I do. Okay. I say, okay. Okay, I'll just wear it aboard and they and they said no 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 go ahead we won't charge you for it <laughs> twice twice cheese heads you know another what was that <laughs> could be could be what is with today you've been eating too much drinking too much eggnog <laughs> You know, another thing that causes depression and discouragement besides the Packers losing is the gloomy winter weather, and it's a fact that many people, um, for the long, gloomy days of winter, so these people get depressed and feeling discouraged with life just because they're not in the sunlight. So many years ago, the experts at the National Institute of Mental Health came up with this idea uh, for what they call seasonal effects disorder or sad, uh, if people get depressed when the days get darker, why not just give them more light? Now, the good news is, starting tomorrow, we get more light, yeah in okay. case so so they tested their theory on those who who uh fell into deep depression every winter. And they asked them to sit in front of large boxes with fluorescent tubes for, for hours before uh, and after dark. And they found out that they were really feeling much better. And today, when people get seasonal effect disorder, one of the most effective treatments is light therapy. That's what it's called, light therapy, which consists of getting people to spend more time in the light. And you see at stores that they sell, this, these, they sell these lights for light therapy. In the same way, how do we overcome the dark moments of depression and discouragement? Spend more time in the light. I'm telling you, this works. Spend more time in the light. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of light for light therapy. I'm talking about a different kind of light. And that means spend more time in prayer talking to Jesus. Spend more time listening to holiday music or gospel music. Spend more time reading your Bible. Get a different version that you, or go online and start reading a different version than what you're used to. And just pray ahead of time and say, Holy Spirit, speak to my heart. Spend more time telling others about the goodness of God. Spend more time hanging out with with other people who love Jesus. Spend more time with them. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. In those moments when you're feeling crushed, when you're feeling depressed or discouraged, remember, God is a reviver. Let's read about this. In Psalm 57, verse 15. For this is what the high and lofty one says, He who lives forever, whose name is holy... I live in a high and holy place, but I also live with him who is contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. This tells me that in the moments of discouragement and depression, those times when I'm just feeling low, uh, when I'm feeling in the dumps, when I'm feeling nobody really understands, if if I'm not too proud... If I'm not too proud, God will even meet me when I'm feeling in the dumps. And in the valley of my moodiness, God usually reminds me of his presence in my life and his love for me. And it's, it's often that Romans 8.28 really does come to my mind. And, and, and when tragedy hits, or, or I hear that tragedy hits one of you, and uh, you ask me to pray for you, and... and um, I'll pray for you, but sometimes it gets me feeling down like this is a terrible thing that happened to you. But then Romans 8.28 always comes to my mind. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. It it, it reminds me of this, that somehow God's going to take that miserable tragedy that that you're in and God's going to turn that for good. Now, I, I, I've been serving God long enough to see that He's done this a lot. and sometimes I see people going through tragedy, I say, well I don't know, I don't know how in the world God can turn anything good out of this tragedy. And you know what? to me it seems impossible, but you know what? that's God. God does the impossible. and you hang in there, you hang in there when these tragedies hit and you still serve Him. And you do what you can to serve him, and you know what? It comes somehow, some good comes out of it. When you feel nobody cares, it's also a good time to remember 1 Peter 5 7, which says, Cast all your worries and cares to God. Uh, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. Give your worries and cares to God. Give your worries. Kind of reminds me of the guy. I met a guy. Well, actually, I didn't meet him. Spilch has told me about a guy. Spilch has told me about a guy, and he says, You know what? He says, I used to worry a lot. He says, I don't worry anymore. I said, What do you mean you don't worry anymore? You give it to God? He says, No, I don't give it to God. He says, There's a guy in Chicago. He does all my worrying for me. I says, You kidding me? How much does that cost you? He says, 5,000 bucks a month. I said, Where are you getting that money? He says, It's his worry. <laughs> Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares for you you know that's very therapeutic to give your worries your concerns to someone who cares who hears you and can do something about it a lot of times we have no we, we have if you're not saved you don't know who to give it to I can't tell you how many times my wife has been in line at a grocery store or Walmart or something and She'll meet somebody, and these people will just pour out their hearts to her. Pat's a good listener. They're looking for someone to listen to them. Someone who appears to care. Also try this. When you're feeling kind of down on a blank sheet of paper... Start writing out your blessings see how you think is how you feel so if you start thinking blessings your feelings change so on a blank piece of paper write down all your blessings in other words write everything you could think of to thank God for and this helps to redirect your thinking which should affect your feelings here's the bottom line to this message Everyone experiences tragedy in one form or another. And for some of us, tragedy seems like a a monthly experience. And it's when you take your mind away from Christ in your life, that's when you begin to go down the road of depression and discouragement. So when you begin feeling discouraged or depressed, consider... Consider that as a sign or a warning that you're probably focusing more on your tragedy than on Christ. Now, you can't be, you can't be foolish and say, ah, oh, I have no tragedy. I just smashed my car up. You know, I got a ticket. Nobody got hurt, praise God, but, oh, I smashed my... You can't just pretend something didn't happen. No, it did happen. But here's what happens. People are get so focused on their tragedy... On their problems. You can only, God has made us to really focus on only one thing at a time. You focus on one thing, the other thing becomes blurry. And so you've got to stay focused on Christ. And yes, the tragedy you experienced is still there, and you've got to deal with your tragedy. But you deal with your tragedy with Christ in focus. You hear what I'm saying? So allow the Lord to take you out of your lousy mood. And if nothing else works, take the advice of the psalmist. In Psalm 43, verse 5. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. I'll tell you, one of the worst things you could do when you're in a tragedy is stop attending church services. Why is that? Because when we start singing songs to the Lord, many of these songs are songs of encouragement. And we wind up encouraging one another as we're worshiping together as a family. You know there's a song that um, I many many years ago I think at the old building we used to we used to sing put the song up there call hear my cry Let's all stand together We'll do this a cappella That's cuz I can't play any instruments It's some one it's Psalm uh, 61 that's what it is Psalm 61 For you that that know it, feel free to sing louder than me. (laughs) Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter unto me and a strong tower from the enemy. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That is higher than I. That's where we need to go. To the rock, to the Lord Jesus. To the Lord Jesus. After service, um, you may need some special prayer, and uh, our elders will be up here. They'll be glad to pray for you. I checked the back, and there's good coffee and some good looking carbohydrates back there. Parents, watch your children so they don't take a whole mound of food and then throw away a whole mound of food. Keep an eye on them. God wants to bless you. Number 621. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace, peace in your heart, knowing that you're a child of God, that God loves you, and God can bring good out of a tragedy you might be going through. In Jesus' name, amen.